up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bull Up and Ray Phil Davis podcast, brought to you by the Phil the 68 Podcast Network. Uh, today, we have a really, really special guest on the network. Uh, really, um, a Fort Wayne legend, a Purdue great, um, a Super Bowl champion, someone in my younger years, me and my buddies, we looked up to. We saw him walking down the, um, see him walking down the South Side hallways and say, that's what, um, that's what we wanted to aspire to do, come back and be able to walk down the halls and have that type of impact. But um, nonetheless, we got Bernard Pollard on the line. What's up, Bernard? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm living. I'm living. I'm uh, enjoying life in these crazy times. Yeah, how's um, how's COVID treating you? What are you uh, What are you into now, dude? It's uh, it's crazy. So it, it it's it's funny, man. Um, with this whole thing, you know, our our house, entire house was hit uh, some months back, uh, probably about seven, eight months back uh, with it. And uh, thank God it, it kind of came, ran its course uh, with us and, and it, it, nothing uh, serious with any of us, our four children. Um, I think it hit me the worst. I lost taste and smell. Um, but, you know, for the most part, man, it, you know, we're good. Um, it, these are unfortunate times uh, where we're seeing people pass. We're seeing people die from this. We're seeing, you know, companies, businesses have gone under. Uh, people are struggling. They're hungry. They're hurting. Uh, but, you know, thank God, man, that we're able and we're still standing. So, you know, man, we're just trying to trying to help out where we can. Right, right. No, no doubt. That's real. But, but no, nah, something I always want to talk to you. I always want to learn about kind of how you came up. I know you came up in Fort Wayne where I grew up. What was it like growing up in Fort Wayne for you? I know you took the football route more so than I took the basketball route. But what was that like for you coming up? You know what? It's, it's one of those things, bro, where for me, you know, and, and it's funny because we were on William Street and y'all were around the corner. Uh, y'all were behind us uh, down the street from Starbucks now. Um, and just kind of coming up, man, it, it was, I mean, just so many athletic guys around, uh, always challenging uh, challenging your athleticism every week. We, we ran around, James, uh, me, James, Mike. Uh, it was just so many of us playing football all the time. And then playing Metro coming up, you know, going to Geyer, playing at Geyer, and then obviously playing at Southside, being challenged the, the entire time. And I'm all, all every time I, I look back, I'm like, I, I just, it's crazy how so many other guys did not make it out. When when you think about the athleticism, you think about what they were doing in Metro and Middle and in high school, you're like, man, how in the world did they not make it out? And and that that shows you how slim uh, or, or how small the numbers are, you know, where it says less than 1% plays in the National Football League. Uh, it, it just, I'm just like, wow. And then some of them didn't even go to college. And I'm just like, man, it's, it just, it's mind boggling. But man, it, it's been, it, it was truly a lot of fun. Um, it was eye-opening, um, but most importantly, it was, it, it built who I was and who I am as a man and as an athlete. Well, what's something for you that you think, like you said, it was the same for me. You grew up with so many talented guys and you were the one to go to Purdue. I'm the one to go to Purdue. Yeah. What was it about you or your mentality that kind of you you were going to do it? Well, I, I think you you got to understand, bro. And, and, and shouldn't say you got to understand, but people got to understand where where we where we came up and where we had to turn that corner where so many guys didn't want to turn the corner. They were they were comfortable being in the same position, being comfortable being in the same place at, at all at all times. And we're just like, you know, well, no, no, there's more to this. You know, when you, when you, and I tell kids all the time, when there's a school, a college that's willing to pay for your education, for you to play sports there, 
and you don't want to take it up a notch, like you crazy. When there's a professional football club that's willing to pay you to come there and continue to play a game, a child's game, uh, a game that you grew up playing. And yes, of course, it's a child's game, but at the same time, it's a business. All you got to do is you got to turn the corner again because now you got to learn the business side of it. And for me, man, it was just like, you know, I didn't want to stay where I was. I didn't want to. I remember coming up and I remember Coach Nolan uh, being at Southside always telling me, like, Bernard, like, this kid, should he shouldn't even be in Fort Wayne right now. He should be playing somewhere in college or he this guy should be playing pro somewhere. And I'm just looking like I didn't want that to be me. I wanted to, to, to have my head on straight. I wanted to do whatever it took to to make it to the next level. And and I wasn't a guy that kissed butt, but at the same time, I was a guy that understood. I learned as I as I walked my path, I learned what I could do and what I couldn't do. And the things I couldn't do, I got rid of them and I didn't take the same lane that a lot of guys took. And you know, I just wanted to take that path that so many others wanted to go left or right. And I went left because I'm looking like, no, I want to go to the right route. So it's you know, that's what separated myself, yourself, and so many other guys. No, and that's a lot of that's a lot of mental toughness. Cause I mean, yeah. not saying we not saying we have the same path or grew up the same way by any means, but being in the hallways at the same school, you kind of understand the same temptations. So yeah. it's a lot of mental toughness that goes into making those right decisions. Sometimes it's harder. <laughs> I mean, I tell kids all the time, it's harder to make the right decisions than sometimes make the easy ones. I mean the yeah. bad ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, you get rolling. I got a quick question. This is just for me. This is who you play Metro for? So I played with the Chargers. So I grew up with Coach Chapman. Okay. So that was my coach, uh, man. You know, so I'm a Charger for life, man. Um, yeah, we we always go. We were actually just going back and forth on Facebook, uh, uh, Wade and a lot of other guys. So we go back and forth all the time. That's a forever conversation. <laughs> when did when did uh, when did you start getting recruited? Was it was Purdue early? Was that the first school? Is that something you always knew you were going to? No. So it's it's crazy. So you know, man, it, I was. Uh, right around my sophomore year, that's when, or my freshman year, uh, letters start coming in. And going into my sophomore year, they, you know, colleges were seeing my size and they saw my athletic ability. And so they started talking to Coach Land and, 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 and asking him just little different things about me. And the letters just start flowing. And, uh, or Coach Bailey. And uh, so the letters start flowing. And I started to see, like, wait a minute, like, you know, these dudes are real. Like, I, I literally, I tell people all the time, for me, I enjoy sports, but it didn't click to me that I was good enough to go there. I mean, the letters were coming in, but it just didn't, the light didn't go off yet. So I was just one of them dudes where I was just like, I'm just good at sports. I'm just going to keep playing and, you know, we'll see what happens. And so, I mean, the letters were coming, the letters start flowing about my sophomore year. And um, I was, I was a kid at, eighth grade, I was like, oh, I'll go to Florida State. I'll play quarterback because I was groomed as a quarterback. Yeah. And I was like, I'll play, I'll play at Florida State for three years. I will, um, I'm going to declare as a junior. I'm going to be drafted in the first round. And that literally was on my time capsule that we had to bury in eighth grade. Yeah. And so uh, it's funny because when I, when I got to high school and I started doing everything, uh, going about my route, I committed to IU. So that's when Jerry Bernardo came from LSU and went to IU. And I went out to IU. IU was uh, IU was my third or fourth visit. I went to Michigan, went to Penn State, went to Michigan State, um, and then went to IU. I loved Coach Leonardo. I loved the new weight room that he put down. I love his mentality, everything that he was instilling in the, in the guys at IU. So I was like, I'm, I'm committed. I'm coming here. So I told him, I was like, Coach, 
I'm telling you right now, this is where I'm coming. So I read, my, my father was like, man, he's like, Bernard, after, after I told him, he, my, my father was like, Bernard, are you sure you want to do, uh, to do that? And I was like, yeah. He was like, Bernard, I don't think you understand. Like, you've got to go to these other schools and continue to talk to their coaches and see the players and see the campus and everything else. So, man, I, I went to Ohio State, went to a visit at Ohio State. They played Purdue. So when they, when they played Purdue, I remember seeing Antoine, and, and, and we call him Bird, but he was a corner for uh, Purdue. And I remember seeing him, and I was just like, man, something about that cat that I like. So then I went to my visit with Purdue and uh, ended up going back. And it was, I was like, this is where I got to be. And, and, and for me, it didn't matter where I was going. My mindset was I was saying three years and I was declaring as a junior. Uh, I was playing as a true freshman, declaring as a junior and, and getting drafted. So that's what I did. Uh, thank God uh, uh, he allowed that uh, for myself. But yeah, man, it was uh, right around my sophomore year when everything started flowing. But it wasn't until my senior year where I, or probably yeah, my senior year where I finally made the commitment uh, to go to Purdue. Hey, that's a sub. No, that's a sub. What? It was just kind of just the fit. Was it the was it the player that you did you see yourself in that player? Was it the coaching staff at Purdue? Was it the campus? What about Purdue kind of made it feel home? Because I I hear that a lot with players. I mean, Paint was verbally committed to another school. The Paint yeah. came to Purdue. What about Paint? I mean, what not Paint? But what about Purdue? Gives that feeling that this is home. Man, it was. I just remember. Uh, Brandon took like you know of course you, you took your visits and you go out with the guys uh the night of you know after the game you you talk to the coaches coach Hagen was he he recruited me he was freaking awesome he was a guy where he was no bs you know what I'm saying like he didn't bs with you about nothing he spoke truth um you know and coach Chiller he was a guy that um uh, man he was like another father to me and he was true to his word Every word, man, he was true to his word. Um, and the players, uh, I just had a good time. My, my recruiting class, Stanford, uh, oh, my gosh, that night was, we had a blast. Uh, man, I just remember him and his lugs. And Joker had on some painter jeans with a big sweater. And <laughs> so, man, we were kicking it, you know what I mean? Like, we had a good time. And, and I just remember that Sunday morning, when all the recruits came in and we were sitting with our parents and Coach Tiller was talking, you know, Coach Tiller called me in his office and he was just like, look, I want you here. Mm -hmm. He was like, you know, I want you here. I, I, I feel like you're you going to help us uh, next fall. And uh, it was just one of those things where I was just like, it's it, man. It's it. And um, it was, I mean, literally, bro, like it was no turning back. The Michigans, the Penn State, Penn State wanted to move me to linebacker anyway. So I was like, that was a no-go. Mm -hmm. um, and then all the all the SEC teams, they saw me as safety, but a lot of them, uh, some of the school, I think three of the schools wanted to move me to linebacker. And I was just like, I didn't want to go that far away. I wanted to stay close to home uh, and just so my family could come and see me play. So, yeah. No, that's real. That's good. That's on a big time. And you come in as a freshman and you play right away. And that's not, that's not easy to do in football. <laughs> so kind of talk about what's that like as a freshman, knowing you, like you said, you had, you had a plan and, yeah. What's that like being able to get to a campus? I mean, you go to, whether it be Lafayette, I mean, it's different from Fort Wayne. It's different from Southside. Yeah. Being on West Lafayette is different from being in Southside in the weight room and on the football field. What's it like as a freshman, keeping that same mentality, I'm going to take an upperclassman's minutes, and how'd you do that? So, I mean, I've always been a player um, that I didn't care who 
uh, was in front of me. Uh, my job was to go kill. I, I literally, I kept the same mentality uh, from my younger years. Uh, my job, as I told people when I was in, when I was in the uh, NFL, you know, my, my, my mission was to kill. My goal was the Super Bowl. You know, that, that's just, that, my mission is always, from, from every point, every time I strapped up, it was to kill, literally. Yeah. And so I, a lot of people, even in today's football, they, 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 they confuse what defense is. Defense is aggressive. If I got to, if I got to protect every blade of grass behind me, well, then my shoulder pads and my helmet got to do the talking for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no swing. Like you're going to catch all of this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I remember the, the senior that was in front of me, um, man, we were going into training. I showed up for training camp and showing up for training camp. I was, I mean, I played at 196 my senior year of high school. And I got up to 205 going into my freshman year. And Coach Lathrop just wanted to put weight on me. I mean, they saw me running around. They saw, I was always a hitter. Um, I just had to pick up the playbook, you know, because in high school, we had maybe four plays defensively. When college, like, we got 35 plays plus adjustments to the plays, to the formations and everything else. So I had to learn that. So for me, it was just like I wanted to just, just immerse myself in the playbook and just learn all that different verbiage and that language. And I just wanted to see the upperclassmen talk. I wanted to see how they talked. I wanted to see how they communicate on the field. I wanted to see the hand signals. I wanted to see how what was truly a mic. Like for me, I didn't know what a mic linebacker was. I'm looking like Antoine and, and Greg was our linebackers. Like, no, it was no specific position like that. You feel me? So for me, bro, like getting there, just understanding – who did what, the movement of the defense, the movement of the offense, how that changed our defense. It was it was awesome, but at the same time, I still had to stay focused on what I was there to do. And so Deontay was a guy, he was a pretty boy, uh, dude love lifting weights, but you know, I was just look, I came in, I was just looking like, man, this sucker, I'm like, man, you, your position mine, homie. Like, I mean, strong safety, I was like, your position mine. And I, I just remember a lot of the guys, we were being camped, and everybody be like, yo, he on your heels, Deontay. He on your heels, D. And, you know, he kept saying whatever, talking. And my thing is, I don't need to talk. As I told you before, my pads do the talking. So every time, wow, we, I'm talking about we in practice. I'm slapping jokers. So it's just like one of the things, man, where I'm like, yo, it, it, you know, you got to do something. So Bowling Green, they tried to pay him his respect and let the scene start. And, uh, you know, coming after that game, he was just, I mean, he was awful. And uh, we went in uh, the next game. And it, it, you know, it, it was my position and I kept it for the rest of the year. And, and, and I mean, the rest is history. So, you know, I, I've just always had that mentality of I wasn't going to stay back. Once I learned it, y'all you, you, better watch out, you know, uh, because it wasn't going to stop who I was. I, I didn't care who was in front of me. I didn't care what the obstacles, the hurdles, whatever it may be. I was getting through all of that to go play football. Uh, that's, um, that's big. That's, um. I mean that's how it is. It's a dog eat dog world. You got you got to eat. You had a plan and you was gonna eat. So no, that's I definitely right. get it. Being um, being in the situation, I definitely get everything you're saying. It may sound like you said. It may sound. I'm, I don't know what it may sound to other people, but to me, it made perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Some well, people I, get offended. Some people get offended, but I'm looking like no. At the end of the day, football is football. If, if we weren't wearing pads, if we were playing basketball, I can completely understand what you're saying. But right. hey, we wear pads, so yeah. somebody you better get ready to get hit. <laughs> I feel that. Why you ever do? Because we're talking. Because I sent out some questions. On, I mean, just let inform our fans that you will be with us this week. Yeah, it came back, and I have a question. This is a question I had, but I saw a video of someone else's opinion. Your fate, your one of my. 
I asked kind of what was your favorite hit. And I got a YouTube video, you lifting people, you lift someone up, and I don't know, it was Minnesota or someone. Yeah. What was your favorite hit from college? From college, I mean, man, it's crazy because a lot of my hits, and I tell I tell so many people, you know, everybody talk about all these other safeties and what they were doing and how they were doing it, all this other stuff. I'm looking like, dude, I've, I've been doing that, right? So, you know, the hit in Minnesota against Russell, I think his name was Gary Russell or Greg Russell, whatever his name was, but it was one of those things where I stopped that sucker in his tracks and, I, you know, caught him, picked him up, bam. And so, you know, that was a lot of fun for me, but you know, a lot of people don't understand. I, I, I hit a dude from, I hit a tight end from Penn State. Um, Robinson threw him the football and he, he was coming right across the middle. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, I hit him so hard. I heard him scream and he dropped that ball, man. I'm talking about dog. Everybody on defense crying. I'm looking like, I just looked at him. I was like, hey, sucker, you, hey, he was done. It was over. I'm talking about, I think it was like four more plays after that. Uh, Mike Robinson tried to run the ball, slapped him. The running back came, slapped. I'm like, bro. So the games get pissed state. We played, uh, hit, hit a kid from uh, Arizona State. We played Arizona. Oh, man, I crushed this. I crushed this lineman. I had that. I put, I, he was asleep before he touched the ground. So, I mean, no, I'm talking about, like, bro, it's so many hits, man. I, my freshman year, I'm hitting jokers. Like, it just, it's, it's so many hits. I don't even know what's my favorite, but I just, I, I guess the Penn State one sticks out to me because I just heard him scream. And I've heard that before in college. I've heard that before in pro. But the way he screamed, I'm looking like that scream told me he ain't want no more. And that sucker didn't come back in the game, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's real, though, bro. Hey, I, hey ain't no sugar coat. Hey, I love it. <laughs> when, you, when you were playing at Purdue, because I want to I talk Purdue a little bit more. What was that, Matt? Because you were in the DB. What was that matchup, or who was that receiver or tight end where you saw the sky report? You was like, I can't wait for this game. Oh, man. Um, it's funny because we never really – I think the, the, the team that we didn't like was Michigan. I mean, Ohio State was – I remember playing uh, I remember playing Ohio State. They always had some guys, uh, but Braylon Edwards was a dude that I just disliked. I just did not like him. I didn't like him when I was when we were in the pros. I did not like him. Uh, so when we played Michigan, I, just, I remember it's funny because I, I came across a clip. Stu sent me a clip um, where Stu and I were on the bench. They beat us. I think it was thirty six or thirty one to three. Mm. And Braylon caught probably two or three touchdown passes. Navarro was the quarterback. They had a tight end. Forget his name. But I just remember like he was a dude that when we played them, any receiver or tight end from Michigan, I just, I, I just did not want, to, I wanted to kill them. I remember Michael, I think it was Michael Hart, the running back from Michigan. Oh man, I, he was a little slippery joker, but man, it was a, a Perry playing them jokers. I think they were the most disliked team. Anytime we, we had, you know, we played Michigan and we only, I think played them a couple times uh, during my three years there at Purdue. Um, but every other team, man, it, for me, because and not to say this to be any kind of way, but because I was a hitter, you know, they they tried to stay out of the area I was in and try to go other routes. And I a lot of my hits came from me chasing people down. And so uh, if, if if I did catch you coming across my zone, uh, it was over. And, uh, you know, that's what Coach Spack. Coach Spack was awesome as far as putting me in position. Uh, coach Anarumo, my DB coach, was he was awesome. And he's actually a dude I got to call after this. He with the Bengals right now. He's the D coordinator. Uh, so yeah, man, it's just, um, 
it, it, you know, Michigan was probably the most disliked roster uh, that we uh, that we had. Right. No, I know. And you finish up a great career because, I mean, when I come in for a I tell everybody, oh, yeah, he went to my high school. And everybody, everybody knew. So it was like one of those things where you helped me get status. So your career at Purdue speaks for itself. Like right. you said, you went to the NFL. What was that transition like? Because, I mean, like you said, less than 1% get to that level. What is that like going from the college campuses now? This is a job. This is feeding your family. This is this is your goal, and you're here now. I mean, well, this is your mission, and you're here now. What, what is that like? It's crazy, bro, because it's one of those things, man, where for us, we, we understand after practice, especially our freshman year, sophomore year, you know, I know for us, we had that we stayed at um, Wiley. And so, you know, after practice, after training tables, after, you know, class, we all met up in a, in a, in a dorm. And th that was our, you know, we, we, we played around there. We had fun running the halls. Hilltop was the next place our second year. That's where we stayed, you know, as far as our, our recruiting class, our, our, our uh, freshman and sophomore class. And um, we were just always around each other. So just that team camaraderie, man, was that, that friendship going, you know, I, I wasn't a bar dude. I didn't go to bars or whatever, but I know the guys went to bars or whatever. And so we just had fun because we were always around. I think, you know, that transition to the National Football League, it was like, okay, once we go to OTAs, we go to training camp, you know, training camp, you know, we were in my first year in, or my first, second, third year in Kansas City, we were in River Falls, Wisconsin. So we were at a dorm. So it was like that same feel kind of, but then I was, it, it I was shocked because when we left after the, after a week, two weeks being in River Falls, Wisconsin, it was like everybody went to their house. Mm. And so after practice, it was no dorms. It was no, no apartments, duplexes. It was literally, he went home to his wife and kids. You had Jokers. We had a dude that was like 46. Like he was a long snapper. Joker looked old as all get out. And I'm looking like, how is he on the team? Who is this cat? Like, but it's just like, you got dudes that's married, dudes that's engaged, yeah. dudes with kids. Like I'm sitting there just turned 21 and I'm looking like, dog, like let's go do something. They look like, man, you young. Like, sucker, we got a family. And, and I mean, a lot of them suckers didn't like their families anyways, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just one of those things, bro, where that's just, that's the transition where you just like, <laughs> oh, snaps. Like, okay, now at turning 21, I got to go buy a house or get an apartment or buy a condo. I got to have a car. And, you know, for me, it was just like, I was excited because I was like, I ain't got to worry about parking tickets, you know, being outside somewhere and, on campus. And I'm like, man, like, you know, I can park at the facility. I ain't got to worry about tickets or whatever, but just going home to like, and of course my wife was, you know, who was my, you know, girlfriend who we've been together since forever, but she was my girlfriend. She moved, she gave up her scholarship at Indiana state and moved uh, to Kansas city. And it was just like coming back to her, but it was just still, it was weird. So that was the biggest transition, the playbook stuff. It's a bigger playbook, um, a little more complex, essentially kind of the same thing. It's not as jig rigged as college is, but um, man, once but once, once you learn it, football is football. Yeah. And uh, we just go out there and play. But I, I do remember, bro, I remember uh, a joker throwing a, ch a chicken wing at his wife and he got arrested for it. And, and I'm just looking like, I was like, whoa, I come back in the locker room and everybody killing this dude because he threw a chicken wing at his wife and went to jail. 
So we like, bro, like everybody was like, people was asking, did you eat the chicken wing first and throw the bone at her? Or did you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like stuff like that, dog. Like it's mad crazy. Cause just, you know, the publicity is just bigger. Yeah. And you know, you just, yeah, it's big in college, but it's broad in, uh, in, a, in, in at the professional level. What advice would you, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. What, a, <laughs> that's funny, man. what advice would you give somebody that's making that transition? Somebody that is making that next step. Maybe they don't have a support system. Maybe they just, maybe they got really good in their sophomore, junior year of college and they're making that transition in the NFL. They never expected this to happen. What advice would you give them coming into the National Football League? Change the number. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, uh, I, uh, I've had to change. I've had to change my number a couple of times, and, and, and you know, it's that thing. As, as you understand, man, you you see who's in your corner from yay high. You see who's in your corner. But I think you know, as you go to the National Football League or, or the professional level at, at any level, um, you find out okay who coming. You getting hit from everywhere, and it's just one of those things, man. Where I, I remember being drafted. And the next day, the next day, bro, I mean, first and foremost, I was sued the next day. Uh, and then after that, I got a voicemail talking about my, don't know, still to this day, don't know who it is, who it was. My mama need furniture for her living room and her bedroom. Like literally, it was just like, yo, hit me back. I was like, yo, who is this? And so, bro, like, it's just to the point where I, I would tell, I, and I I tell kids, change your number because if they got access to you, you know, that's a killer. Um, you don't need to have all these. It's cool to have a circle. You know what I'm saying? But that circle doesn't need to be huge. That circle could be two or three people, um, people who you trust, people who, who you love and who love you and trust you. And, and, and um, you know, that's the biggest thing, um, you know, and, and, and put your coins up, man. Uh, put your coins up. Understand you don't need to to, to keep up with the Joneses. Um, you know how rich people stay rich is they get things for free. Take advantage of that. Uh, put your money up. Let people do things for you, and, and don't ta- and don't take advantage of it. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying. Like people want to do things for you. People want to hook you up, and, and then you can bless other people. You know what I'm saying. Like with what you have and the things that you're doing. And uh, that's one thing that I learned uh, coming into the National Football League, and and it's been it's been awesome, and it's worked uh, thus far. Nice, nice. And while you were there, you had great success. What's your um? I mean, obviously we watched you at home. We always knew what was going on. All the moments you had. What was your favorite time or favorite moment while you were playing in the league? So it's so I'm kind of at a crossroad right now, and I and and, and I'll. You know, I'm at a point to where I was done when I was 30 and I'm sitting here at 36 and a lot of people will say, well, at 36, what are you doing? Well, I train athletes. I train DBs. I train, I coach my son. I'm defense coordinator at his middle school. Um, he's being eighth grade this, this fall. But it's just like one of those things where I've been to the Super Bowl. I've won the Super Bowl. I played in the Super Bowl with six broken ribs. I was, I, I, I didn't enjoy the Super Bowl. I tell people that all the time. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I was pissed off after the Super Bowl simply because things that transpired uh, during the game, uh, things I was asked to do that, you know, I shouldn't have been asked to do, but I had to cover somebody else's butt um, and then cover my responsibilities after that. And I just didn't like it. So 
I look at that, but I, I look at the way I've, I, playing 10 years was a lot of fun. It was good. It, I, I had a blast, but I don't know if I finished the way that I wanted to finish. And I know God wanted to get my attention. And, and, I, and I, I left with, with an Achilles injury. I, I ruptured my Achilles. And it was one of those things where I know, looking back, I, I'm like, dang, like God, you wanted to get my attention. So now at 36, I'm like, okay, I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, I've rested for six years. Do I want to do that again? And so I'm kind of at that crossroads because I've been running, I've been working out. I, I'm, I've never gotten out of shape, um, but it's, it's I'm, I'm like, okay, I didn't finish the way I wanted to. I'm energized, I'm athletic, I still can go. My mission still is the same and goal is still is the same. Um, I want another ring and I want to end it the way that I'm supposed to end it the right way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, do I want to come back? Yeah. And, 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 and make some noise because I want to do it my way and I want to end my way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I don't really have a favorite moment. Uh, the hits are, are what I enjoy. I, you know, the interceptions, the fumble recoveries, the block punts, the block field goals, those are fun, the sacks, but the hits, that's what I do. Yeah. And they've changed the game you know, they tweaked it and, and, and it's, it's softer, but at the same time, these suckers still catch these pads. So that's kind of where I'm at, man. So yeah. What is that? What is that? Um, I mean, may, may or may not be the conversation we're here, but what does that look like making a return to the NFL? Like how, how does that, so you, I mean, just talk about it a little bit. So it's, it's, it's crazy, bro, because I mean, at 36 in life, I'm young, right. but in, in, in their eyes, I'm old as dirt. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, as I said before, I was done at 30. Um, I've never been injured. I've never been on IR. I didn't understand what any of that was like. Um, so when I went through it, it was, it was hard because, you know, I'm looking at all of this and I'm just looking like, bro, like, I, I don't know what to do with myself, like I'm not playing football, but at the end of the day, I, as I look back on it, and I'm a spiritual dude, bro, and, and I tell people all the time, I don't care what your beliefs is, I'm gonna love you regardless, but I'm a spiritual dude, I trust in the God above, um, and he has a path for me and my family. And God wanted to get my attention, and it's funny, as I tell people all the time, the way he got it was from my Achilles, me rupturing my Achilles. And I truly believe, you know, he wanted to get my attention and he has my undivided attention right now. And it's just one of those things now, all of a sudden, my feeling, my emotion, everything is taking me back to the game. Mm -hmm. And so uh, where it, you know, I look at it and it's, could it be tough? Yeah, it could be tough. But once again, where there's a will, there's a way. But most importantly, I believe if I'm being called back that there's going to be a door that opens for me. Um, I truly believe that. And so, dude, like... It, it, a lot of people could say that, yeah, it, this can't be done. Uh, but I'm a dude where I've been fighting for a long freaking time. Uh, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm not ashamed of how old I am. Uh, you, you, we all know the song, AJ, nothing but a number. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I believe right now that I can still help a football team. Um, I believe that my leadership, I believe that my experiences, I believe that my athleticism and my abilities can step on a National Football League playing field, a National Football League uh, field, and, and still help a football club. So I'm trusting in that. Um, I'm still grinding. I'm, I'm trying to see how my body responded to my training. 
Uh, I've been going tour days uh, for a week and a week, a little over a week now. And uh, I'm ready, bro. I, I really am. Uh, but once again, I can't be stupid. Got to be yeah. smart. Yeah. Uh, but my body is responding, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Oh, that's what's up. And I, um, I'm over here geeked up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you the best. I wish you, um, no, I wish you the best. And I wish you make, I wish you can continue your career. I mean, yeah. that would be beautiful. Because I, like you said, I mean, Tom Brady kind of changing the game with his age, LeBron's age. I mean, you're still young. I, mean, I think it's being looked at now. I mean, first question you asked me before we started recording was what I was drinking, make sure I wasn't drinking pop. So you're yeah. really taking care of yourself, taking care yeah. of your body. So, I mean, I don't see why you couldn't do it. I think that's um, – I'm very excited to see where that goes. Man, so, I mean, so I'm going to change the way I ask my next question. Up to this point, who has been kind of your favorite teammate, kind of that favorite guy to be around or – favorite team you played on or something like that? I look at it and it's weird. I, I, I don't necessarily have a favorite teammate. You know, all my teammates, they, they, they made an impact on my life and my being a husband, being a father, being a player, uh, different in all different ways, right? Um, you know, I, I look at it and I tell people all the time, you know, me playing next to Air Reed was probably one of the best things God allowed for me to do. Uh, that was an awesome experience because, you know, he looked at the game from a, a passing perspective and saw things that I never, ever saw, right? I looked at the run game and saw things that he never, ever saw. So putting that together with him and I was just awesome. I was able to learn. He was able to learn. I was able to bring things to the Baltimore Ravens. That was by far my favorite organization. Um, they had that entire roster was like me. I'm a wild dude. Uh, I'm a dude where I step on a national, I step on a football field and, and, and I'm talking about dog It's going down. I'm a fight for my dog to the left, to the right in front and behind me. And that's how it was there. It was literally a jungle. It was a jungle in our locker room. It was just a mixture of dudes from everywhere that was willing to put it on the line for that man in the locker room and so that was by far and, and of course winning a super bowl um you know was good it, it was great but you know i look at every team that i've played on and, and i say man it, everybody's kind of impacted me I, I, there's one guy carrie williams carrie and i were born same day same year um and i think i was born three minutes before him and so he was a guy, we got the same attitude. He played corner, 6'3", 210-pound uh, corner, 205-pound corner. And just, I'm talking about loud and just long and just always arguing. So when me and him clashed in Baltimore, it was one of them things where I'm just like, we argued all the time, but it was just like, it was like one of them arguments where you look like, no, that's my brother. Like we're arguing, that's my brother, where that's a family argument. Yeah. And um it, it, you know, he lives down the street from me and uh, it, it's just awesome. I think Kerry is, is, is probably is, is a good, just a good dude as far as who's impacted me on uh, the, the field as far as my professional uh, days. Uh, Rashard Barksdale, who's in, he's in, I think he's in, in Carmel, Indiana right now, but he was the dude that I played with in Kansas City that he's like my brother. Uh, but my brother, brother is Brian, Be Brian Beerman. Uh, he's my, that is my brother. Uh, before all of this came about, that's my dog. He's the godfather of my children. Uh, he's the man that uh, is in control. Uh, if I die, he, 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 he's in control. So that's my circle. 
I got a circle and it, 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 it it's only two dudes, three dudes in my circle. No, that's so yeah, man, it's crazy. No, that's, um, I mean, how big is, like, cause you speak about that a lot. You speak about that, keeping, I mean, I heard you speak, I heard you mention Mr. Nolan's name. That was someone that, I mean, for a lot of people who he yeah. really helped out. But how big is for you to, like you speak about just now, you have two guys in your circle from the NFL. How big is that to have a circle? It's huge. Uh, I mean, because I know, and my, my circle is, my circle is Brian, my circle is Coach Nolan. Uh, these are guys who I communicate with all the time. Coach Nolan and I talk every day. Brian and I, we talk, and I'm gonna tell him too, that sucker, he don't be picking up my phone calls, but we text every day. Um, but like I said, he's a guy who's a godfather of my children. Yep. He is the guy who's on all of my stuff legally if anything ever happens to me and my wife um he's taking care of everything you know my children are going with him um you know so it's you know outside of my mom if anything happens to my mom but uh you know it, it's very important man because those guys know you those guys understand you uh they know how i live my life they know what i'm doing every day they know what i instilling my children. Uh, they understand uh, who I am as a father, as a husband, as a person. So if anything were to happen, they know, okay, keep my kids in church. You keep my kids around my family. You keep doing things the way that I would do them. Um, they know how I take care of things. They know how I act. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's very important because you know, when you get around people who don't know you and you start letting them in, they start pulling from you. They're not there to help you. They're just there to pull from you. And I don't need anybody pulling from me. It's too much in life. Life is pulling from us anyways. And we don't need to add that added extra, them extra hands and the, the, the extra mouths and, and all these extra opinions. I don't need that. You know, and, and that's why I don't argue with people uh, because I tell people all the time, you know, I don't argue with women. I don't argue with men because with men, like, look, let's stop arguing. Let's just fight. You know what I mean? Because we can just put it to rest right there. But nevertheless, it's just one of those things where I'm looking like I just don't want to add any of that extra stuff. I'd rather stay around the people who I know, who know me, and we get it done. No, I love that. I love that. Because, I mean, you speak about B, Bearman. I mean, that's a dude that has been impactful from, to me since. 12 years old, he was coming to Memorial <laughs> Park basketball games, giving me a Southside hoodie. Yeah, I mean, letting me come over to Southside and run with the older guys, picking me up in middle school, taking me, like, that's just a solid dude. Even I start I start training now, I start training in Georgia. Bearman hooks up where he allows a, a, a young female player, but necessarily doesn't have the funds to do virtual training or training on her own. He sees I'm doing something virtually, he pays for her to do training with me through the laptop before she goes outside to her park. So, I mean, that's just a solid individual. So I speak about, I tell kids that all the time, because the same, like like a bearman, the guys that put me through, like I have a Mr. No, the same guys that put me through basketball early. Those are still the same guys I communicate with every day. Right. And that just, to me, it gives you, like you said, they never take it from you, so it, lasts you, it allows you to last longer. Right. You know I mean? But, no, nah, that was um, that was real cool. And, and I just got a question, too. <laughs> what how was that what was that like playing with broken ribs in the Super Bowl did you just have a lot of adrenaline or how did you not just fall out so it's it's, it's crazy so you know you'll hear you hear people say in the National Football League rookies get you hurt 
we had a rookie, uh, and, and I mess with him to this day. He's a, a good dude out of Alabama. Uh, he hit me. I was going to sack Michael Vick. So I had Vick wrapped up, and he came and gutted me. Mm. And just, I'm talking about broke, he broke three. And then uh, the next, so I, what we did was, I had to, every game I had to take numbing medicine. So I was taking six shots a game. The next game I played with, I had a pad. I would miss the first practice of the week, but then practice the rest of the week, or rest of the game, or rest of the days. And we would just take a pad and uh, put a pad on, and then we would put a, 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 a rib protector on, and I would play. So I was playing with heavier pads on me so I could protect everything. The next game turned around, broke three more. So uh, it was starting to heal up as the season was going. We get in the, uh, get in the playoffs. They were kind of healing. They were still broken. Um, played through the playoffs. Got in the Super Bowl. Very first play of the Super Bowl. They ran an over route, and I went to go hit the guy. When we came down, just redid everything. So I had to run in the locker room. They, I got like, I think I got probably eight to ten shots to numb. Had to pad everything. And it was, I mean, it hurt. Uh, but you know, as athletes, man, our pain tolerance—we yeah. have we have been we have been kind of programmed to play through pain because yeah. we know if we're not on the field, on the court, on the clay, whatever it may be, there's no opportunity for us to be seen. There's no opportunity for us to help. So yeah. our pain tolerance is a little different than the general population, yeah. and that's what a lot of people don't understand when they say, "Oh, well, he's moving around fine. He's running full speed. Those steps hurt." Those hits hurt, you know, but our pain tolerance is just different. Yeah. So it sucked. It hurt. Uh, but then once again, at the same time, as I said before, I didn't end it the way I wanted to. Uh, you know, I I, I, I should have, I missed tackles that I shouldn't have missed. Responsibilities I missed, I shouldn't have missed. Um, and I need to go get all of that back. And I want to get as close to a thousand tackles as I can. And I got a couple more people I need to put on a John Deere. So yeah, man. <laughs> No, nah, oh, nah, because I mean, any, I mean, this is just me. I mean, if I'm somebody and I'm looking at it, I want the dude that played in the, when it's time to win that laced them up and wasn't scared to go out there. That's why, no matter how old, no matter where, no matter anything, if that's the guy, I, if you can still lay the wood, that's yeah. the guy I want out there on my team fight for me. That's the guy that I want my foxhole. If we got to go to war, that's why. And that's what you want around you. Like you said, that jungle that you was in, that locker room. That's the locker room I would have loved because that's yeah. what you want to be around because that's what wins. Yeah. But now nah, I want to keep you too long, man. Cause I do have some questions from Twitter. I put out one of them from Southside. Southside threw out a question, and um, it's interesting because I didn't um, I didn't realize were you and Demarcus Beasley in school at the same time? No. So uh, the, um, the Beasley boys they were there a couple years, and you know if I remember correctly, they left. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were, they were, I think maybe three or four years. I want to say they're probably 41 and I mean, I'm 36. So they, they're 40, 41. So I think they might've been there with my sister-in-law, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and my cousin. Um, the, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the question is, cause the question is, I asked this is, um, Southside asks, who has a faster 40? They said you, uh, Demarcus Beasley. And I'm guessing they're saying, uh, Mr. Nolan in, in his prime. <laughs> Beasley probably had the fastest 40. He, he probably would have had the fastest 40. Um, you know, I ran a they they clocked me at they clocked me at a four, I think the combine clocked me at a four, five, nine, or which was bull crap. Freaking ran on a bad growing. Uh, but nevertheless, 
uh, I'll, I'll hit any one of them. And I never, and I tell people all the time, I ain't never been outran on the football field. So I, feel that. I ran a 4-5-1 at my pro day, um, but I ain't never been outran. So I don't care what 40s tell you, you get a sucker. I didn't see dudes that run 4-2 that have been outran. I ain't never, ever, not one time, been outran. <laughs> no, that's real. And um, I have one last thing. I saw you got your jersey retired at Southside. I saw that. I saw you had your family with you. I thought that was unbelievable. I thought that was beautiful. This the last question I got. What is that like to be able to go back to your stomping grounds? Go back to where, I guess, where you got, where you not just start, but where kind of you blossom. What yeah. was that like going back to Southside? It was, it was bittersweet. Simply because we're in COVID and, you know, they, they were only allowed, I think, uh, 50 fans or something like that. Um, so it was bittersweet. It was awesome to be able to see the guys that I went to war with in high school, uh, to be able to see them and hug them, talk to them, um, to be able to be presented uh, the, the, the plaque by, from my coach who first started with me, Coach Mark Bailey. He's a guy where I love him um, so much. Um, his family, his wife would make me cookies. Oh my gosh. Every Thursday. Um, and just to be able to get back, see coach Nolan, uh, man, it was awesome to be able to see the teachers, to be able to see people I went to school with, uh, man, I saw women and men that I went to school with. It was just a lot of fun. And it was fun to be able to go back and just talk, speak life into the football players and I mean, that, that's a struggling program right now. And, yeah. and, and I mean, it's to be able to go back, the athleticism is there. It's the other things that got to come along uh, with that. But to be able to see them play their butts off and almost beat Snyder, that was a lot of fun. But th the most important thing for me was my sons and my daughters were able to see that. Um, my family was able to come. My mom came in from Georgia. Uh, man, it was just so much fun uh, for me to have my family there with me uh, for my son my oldest son he's 13 now he, him just kind of just sit there just soak all that in and be like this is what happens because I talk to him he's we live in the suburbs and I'm like bro like you ain't grow you ain't got to grow up fighting like I did you ain't got to grow up seeing a, like so I want like I got to instill that fight in him because I you know it's just hard being out here in these suburbs man but nevertheless for him to see that that kind of turned a switch on for him. That, that clicked for him a little bit. But that was just amazing. It was truly a blessing. Um, and then to find out, too, that, that I would be in the uh, Hall of Fame for uh, Southside was just truly amazing. So I actually got to go back um, this spring uh, for that. So, man, it's just been crazy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it was truly a blessing. And, uh, man, it was big time. No, nah, that's what's up. No, nah, I appreciate that's big because, I mean, Southside's done a lot for, for both of us. I mean, football, basketball, the program in general. Like you said, we have a lot of friends that maybe didn't make it outside of Southside. But, I mean, still to this day, we represent who we represent for. Yeah. But, Bernard, man, I mean, anything I could ever do for you, let me know. I appreciate the time. I mean, if you're out there, make sure you – Check out our basketball camps coming up for spring break in West Lafayette, then our basketball camp in April in Fort Wayne. But Bernard, thank you. Uh, we, I look forward to, I really look forward to this comeback. Like, <laughs> I, I got geeked when you started telling me about that. I made sure I tell everybody, check that out. But uh, Bernard, thank you again to all the Purdue fans. Continue to watch, continue to tune in every week. 
Boiler Rapper Rayfield Davis. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Rayfield Davis three. Bernard, you got any anywhere you want to follow you at all, or Twitter, Instagram? <laughs> I'm Crush at Crushboy31. But man, look, I, I just have fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.